This is Ethan, and I'm here with Dave, and together we are Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast, episode 116-inch. On this week's episode, Ethan and I talk about our record store day experience and hunting down the coveted and elusive Beat on the Brat 3-inch vinyl single. It's Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast. It's a podcast about Weird Al. It's Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast. Seriously, the whole podcast is about Weird Al. You don't have to listen, but we're glad you are. All right, welcome to episode 116-inch, Dave. Thank you, Ethan. I feel like it has been forever since I have seen you. You know, we really should get together sometime soon. Seriously? I just saw you like three days ago. We like spent the whole weekend together, remember? Uh, not ringing a bell. I came down for record store day. We went record store day shopping together. Hmm. Uh... We traded Weird Al items we've been holding onto for each other for the past 17 months. Um. We played with all the great new Weird Al stuff we got for our respective collections. I tried on some of your Weird Al baseball caps. We even shared the same piece of mint flavored dental floss. Oh, I was wondering who that was rummaging around in my Weird Al room at all hours of the night. What a fun weekend. I cannot wait to tell everyone all about it. Well, Dave, we'll get to that in a few minutes. But first, it's time for This Week in Burrito-Related Ads! This week's episode is brought to you in part by Vegan Burrito Restaurant, Burrito Burrito in Troy, New York, home of the two-pound, double-wrapped-in-a-quesadilla Burrito Burrito, and Wizard Burger in Albany, New York. Come on down to Burrito Burrito and Burrito Burrito, your Burrito Burrito, or hop on over to Wizard Burger for mouth-watering, loaded, dare I say, beefy, vegan burgers. From Troy to Albany to Uranus, Burrito Burrito and Wizard Burger feed the hungry with out-of-this-world, plant-based, real food, always vegan style. Visit BurritoSquare.com or WizardBurger.com and order ahead. Okay, now it's time for This Week in Weird Al-Related News! Patreon subscriber Jason Alchill shared with us that Weird Al briefly appears on the July 15th episode of the Sarah Silverman podcast. Al can be heard around the 15-minute mark calling into the friends line, and he leaves a voicemail. Now, if you know anything about Sarah Silverman, you probably should expect this warning, which is, of course, that show covers spicy language and sensitive topics, so you may want to... Be careful if you're used to podcasts being as family-friendly and pet-friendly as ours is. We here at Dave and Ethan's 2000s Weird Al Podcast are happy to share that Phineas and Ferb the movie, Candace Against the Universe, has won an Emmy! Yes, the 48th Daytime Emmy Awards awarded it an Emmy for Outstanding Writing Team for a Daytime Animated Program. Of course, the movie was written by Dan Pavenmeyer, Jeff Swampy Marsh, among a whole bunch of other writers, and Weird Al Yankovic has a cameo, a brief cameo, as Shirt Cannon Guy. Oh, such an Emmy-winning role. He really was robbed. He should have gotten his own Emmy for that. But anyway, from all of us here at Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast, a huge congratulations to the team behind Phineas and Ferb the movie. Now here's one for our listeners in Central Texas. The Mayborn Science Theater has announced its July lineup, and Weird Al has made the list. Whoa! A tour date! Uh, It's this month! Dave, how did I not hear about this before? Whoa, 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 wait a minute. Calm down, Ethan. July 30th is Laser Friday and features, you guessed it, musical laser light shows. Lasers! Yep, their 6 p.m. show is called Space Laser and features some of the coolest songs about space and science fiction. And one of the featured artists is Weird Al Yankovic. Ooh, okay, so I wonder what songs they will put to lasers. Well, I think some of the obvious ones would be Slime Creatures from Outer Space and Attack of the Radioactive Hamsters from a Planet Near Mars. Those are both spacey songs. Maybe Yoda and the Saga Begins, since those are Star Wars, which happens in space. And has a lot of lasers in the movie, <laughs> That's too. That's true. <laughs> lasers! Oh, and maybe they will even play his long-awaited Gleep Glorp parody. Ooh, good choice. 
Well, last week, we mentioned that Disney is releasing a film built around their Jungle Cruise ride called Jungle Cruise, and it releases on July 28th, starring The Rock and Emily Blunt, and we also talked about the conspiracy around it that regards our podcast. Now, a few of you might have been thinking that might be a big stretch, that conspiracy theory that we put out there, but we have undeniable proof that there is a conspiracy. So not only is Dwayne The Rock Johnson's character named Frank, but he also plays the part of a skipper. And we all know the most famous skipper in the world is Jonas Grumby, the captain of the SS Minnow from Gilligan's Island. And Gilligan's Island, as in Gilligan, as in Gil and Chill. We rest our case! Before we go any further, uh, I have to admit something to you, Dave. You have to admit something? I don't know. Is it bad? Well, kinda. I mean, you tell me. Oh, boy. All right. Lay it on me. So, Dave, when we record our podcast together... Oh, it's too difficult. Uh, Spit it out. Spit it out. You can tell me. Well, when we record our podcast together, Dave, sometimes I'm not completely paying attention... Because I'm thinking about David Grant's incredible, multi-talented, artistic endeavors that he's bestowed upon us, the general public. Ethan, that's not something you have to admit. That's as much human nature as, well, uh, uh, breathing. As do the birds chirp every morn, David Grant bestows us with the ruins of our past. As the grass doth grow, so does our love for the one we call Chalkskin. As the wind not thy wind chimes, David Grant doth host a podcast called RU.coms. And as the fish doth swim freely through the waters of our great earth, there is still a little place called WolfandWool.com. All hail David Grant, our one true savior. Okay, now that we got the news out of the way, Ethan, how was your weekend? Did you do anything fun? Dave, we already went over this. I spent the whole weekend with you at your house. I came down for record store day, remember? Oh, yeah, 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 of course. Now, let's back it up a little bit. Why did you and I get together last weekend? Initially, we had made plans months ago to get together for record store day. Yes, because you live right near the New York City, New Jersey, Connecticut metro area, and I live all the way upstate where there's literally one record store. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so we had big plans to just call and go to as many different record stores as we could and try to find the three-inch vinyl Beat on the Brat single. Yes, ever since it was announced in April, we just knew that we had to get it by any means necessary. So even if that meant having to spend a weekend together, well, (laughs) gosh darn it, we are going to do it. I even put a space in my three-inch vinyl single collection just for that vinyl single. Oh, can't believe it, Dave. You went through all that work. (laughs) Well, if you've been paying attention, you know, last week and social media and, you know, all of the text messages Dave and I have been sending you, you'll know that we received advanced copies of the three-inch Beat on the Brat Weird Al Record Store Day exclusive single, courtesy of our friends over at Demented Punk Records. Yeah, so that put a little wrinkle in our plans to get together, but we decided we would still get together because we hadn't seen each other since since we last got together for the UHF event with Jonah Ray way back in January 2020. And we figured, well, you know, we can at least try to get some unopened versions for the collection or, you know, we can at least try and track some down to help our friends who are looking. So we decided, all right, let's still do it. It'll be worthwhile. And I'm so glad that we did, Dave. Yeah. And this is really the first time in really long time that Weird Al has put out something physical that we really got excited about that we could get out there and try to find in the wild. So it was definitely something that never really got to experience together, you know, since we've started the podcast. We really wanted to get together and try to hunt down some of these record store day vinyls. And so if you just happen to be completely confused at this point, you have no idea what we're talking about, we'll give you just a a, a little bit of a a brief rundown. Last Saturday, July 17th, was Record Store Day. It was the second one of 2021, and it featured, as we mentioned, the very first ever Weird Al Record Store Day exclusive. 
And as we mentioned, it was a three-inch vinyl single of the Weird Al and Osaka pop stars cover of the Ramones classic, Beat on the Brat. And it was limited to 1,500. And this special limited record could only be played on three-inch record players sold by Crosley. And we took a bunch of pictures of the inside and what all the stuff looks like. So head over to group.2000inch.com, get up to speed, unpause it, and then listen to the rest. We'll tell you the whole story. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I mean, let's just start at the beginning. Let's start at, Ethan, the moment that you actually arrived at my house. (laughs) All right, well, I hopped in the car and I I drove as fast as I could all the way from upstate Albany area down to New Jersey where you live, and I made good time. I, I got there and you helped me unload all the crap that I brought, and not too long after I got there, we got a visitor. Well, hold on. I just want to stop you for a minute. I just want to point out to our listeners that you came all the way from the Troy, New York and the Albany area, and you did not bring me a burrito burrito or a wizard burger. Well, Dave, let me just say I did stop and I did pick them up for you, but they just didn't make it on the trip. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, darn. If only I lived a little bit closer, I probably could have gotten them before you scarfed them down on the ride down. (laughs) I didn't say I ate them. I just said they didn't make it. I, you know, <laughs> I picked up this hitchhiker on the side of the road, some guy, Bernie. He ate them all. I, you know, it's not my fault, Dave. All right. Well, shortly after you did get here, we did get a, a visitor who actually brought something for us that we could enjoy. Well, uh, you could enjoy at least. <laughs> well, you can enjoy it for your collection. What we're talking about, of course, is our friend Adrian Vasquez. And last year when the special Dare to be Stupid beer came out, I got in touch with Adrian because I knew he he loved Icarus Brewing and it was near him. And I said, I'll pay for four four packs. I just need them. And so he got them. And for all this time, he's kept them refrigerated and nice and cool to keep them fresh for me and brought them over. And Dave, not only did I get my cans that I bought, Adrian also brought you a special gift of a Dare to be Stupid beer for your collection. Yes, it was very generous of Adrian. He actually showed up with a can of beer for myself, a gift to me from Adrian. Thank you very much, Adrian. It is prominently displayed with my other Philo beer in my Weird Al room annex. Yes, so they're not official Weird Al releases, but to someone like Dave and I, they definitely have a place in our collection. So that was great. You know, we had dinner. We exchanged all of our Weird Al items that we've been saving for each other. Because sometimes if we're ordering something, it doesn't make sense to pay for shipping twice. So, you know, Dave will order it and order two and it'll go to his house or I'll order two and it'll go to my house. So we got all that together. We did the exchange. We'll talk about some of those a little bit later. But then... It came time to plan for the big day, planning for Record Store Day. Now, if you know anything about Ethan and myself, you know that we like to go overboard when we do things. (laughs) So we really went overboard. We actually started planning this a couple weeks prior, and we had a spreadsheet, and we're emailing back and forth, and we're emailing all the record stores that we could find, trying just to find out as much information as we could to see if they would be getting this special release in and how far they were. We had like uh, maps going and, you know, pinpoints and everything, (laughs) just, just trying to find the most efficient route to get to as many record store day participating record stores as we could. And just to give a little bit of an explanation about Record Store Day, because Dave, this was the first time you or I even participated in a Record Store Day, but the vinyl and the music collecting communities are very used to the process. But essentially what happens is they release a list of titles and each record store can choose which ones they will stock for their store. They don't necessarily get all the ones they choose. And when they do get them, they usually get very limited quantities. They also have record stores sign an agreement saying they're not just going to order stuff and then just sell it on eBay. It actually is available to their customers first come first serve they can't just put them online it has to be available to the people actually waiting in line and from what i've heard there are people who will line up for hours and hours in the morning ahead of record store day just to be the first in line to have the first pick 
Yeah, it's really an interesting concept that's kind of made to help promote the local record store, the smaller little independent shops. And I think it's really a great idea. And it has some amazing pieces. I know that uh, there were like Foo Fighters out this time that were really hot items, as well as, of course, the Beat on the Brat single, which was, of course, number one on our list. Yes. Well, the other exciting ones, I saw they had a Green Jello record. They were releasing 333, their Grammy nominated album for the first time they also had some monkeys stuff which if you're a weird l fan that saw him tour in 1987 you probably saw him opening for the monkeys and just a lot of cool interesting stuff a lot of different genres so really something for everyone but really only one thing for dave and i (laughs) (laughs) all right so after we got all the planning done let's uh, walk a little bit through what happened once we woke up saturday morning actual record store day yeah so i think we actually this is like probably the first time in a long time that i was up as early as i was yeah and it, <laughs> on a saturday morning exactly yeah it was crazy because we we found out that the earliest record stores opened at 8 a.m so we had to be up in time to be pushing buttons and dialing at 8 a.m <laughs> <laughs> so we started calling and i will just fast forward a little bit All in all, we ended up calling over 60 stores throughout the day to see if they had Beat on the Brat in stock. The kind of feedback that we were getting as we were calling these stores is that some of them said they they just flat out did not order it. And others were saying that they had ordered it, but they either hadn't gotten it in yet or they already, by the time we called them, had sold out all their copies. And some of them were like, Weird Al has a release today? <laughs> so, some guys were a little clueless, and it was very frustrating because, like we said, we, we were perfectly in this area with so many different record stores. As I said, we called over 60 stores, and Dave, I believe only three or four of them actually said, oh yeah, we have those in stock. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we had found that one of them in New York City had said said that they had it in stock, and we had kind of tossed the idea of possibly getting up really early, going into the city, and and camping out at that store just for the opportunity to possibly get a record store day <laughs> vinyl. And then we started doing the math, and it's like if you actually drive into the city, you're paying all these fees to get through the Lincoln Tunnel. And you're paying all these fees to park, and then for however many hours we're there, and then all of a sudden we're there at 8 in the morning, and (laughs) it was all this stuff, and we're like, I wonder if it would cost us more money to go in than just, like, find one online, worst case scenario. So, So, yeah, we did decide not to go down into the city. But, I mean, originally, Dave, when we were planning this, we we didn't really consider that most stores would not have them. We assumed that most stores would have them. So we could just easily go on a route and just stop at every store possible. And we were looking at, you know, potential, like, what's the fastest way to hit 40 stores in a row? And it just turned out that that wasn't the case. Most stores did not have them at all. Yeah, I wonder if that was uh, just the stores not knowing about it or if the stores ordered it and they just weren't selected for that particular or if it was the fact that it was it was a relatively small release 1500 for a record store day release yeah so i I think it's probably kind of a combination of all of those dave but you know i will give you a spoiler we did not end up getting any in person yeah the closest record store outside of the two in new york city that we had found was actually in poughkeepsie new york which is about 75 miles away which would be about an hour and a half drive each way or you know let's say seven hours 22 minutes if we took a bicycle (laughs) and of course when we call them to find out if they're in stock they told us yeah we have two or three left so by the time we drove an hour and a half or took a bicycle ride for seven hours and 22 minutes, we had no guarantee of knowing if they would even be in stock because part of the whole deal with record store day is that they don't save them for people. You have to be there and you have to be <laughs> one of the first people. So we were very conflicted. We didn't know what to do. We, were, we, you know, we obviously wanted to make sure that we could secure some copies for our friends and secure an extra one so we could keep a sealed one in the collection. And it was just, it was very frustrating. But what we decided to do is start looking online, not just to, you know, auction and selling sites, but to the actual record stores themselves at their websites. Yeah. So now the the deal with the record store day is that 
it seems like that they can eventually put any unsold stock up on their online websites, but they have to wait a certain amount of time before they do that. So there was never any guarantee that they would be up on any websites, but we know us and our spreadsheets, we had spreadsheeted out <laughs> probably close to 50 websites yeah. <laughs> where there was a possibility that they could have one of these left by the time they were allowed to put them online. Yeah. And as we heard from some of those stores we called earlier in the New York City area is that even the stores that did have them were selling out really fast because, yeah, there's probably not... A million people like Dave and I, or those of you listening who are diehard Weird Al fans who need to have every release he comes out with, Weird Al's a popular guy. Even if you're not a diehard fan, spending 10 or 15 bucks on this really cool, unique thing while you're picking up your Foo Fighters or your Ramones or your Monkeys thing, it's kind of a no-brainer. So it makes sense <laughs> that they would go as fast as they did with as limited quantities as they had. So as we're waiting for these stores to start putting them online, we just kind of expanded our radius and just decided to call as many stores as we can just to see if they even had them in stock, <laughs> just just for our own information and to report on the podcast. Like I said, there was a handful of stores that said they had them in stock, but we just had some really fun, interesting conversation <laughs> with some of the stores. We were just calling any store that we could find that was participating in Record Store Day, basically. <laughs> Oh, man, I called this one place and they were you could tell it was so busy because as soon as the guy picked up, you could just hear like la, 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 in the background. <laughs> and this guy, he had his, this whole thing down. He, he answered the phone. He goes, yellow dog, Dick speaking. We're out of Foo Fighters. How may I help you? <laughs> you can just imagine so many people are just like, how you got Foo Fighters? How you got Foo Fighters? So, <laughs> so I was like, uh, not looking for Foo Fighters, but do you have any weird Al? He's like, nope. <laughs> Hung up, went on to the next call. <laughs> Then I called him right back and asked if they had Foo Fighters. Right. <laughs> we also called this reggae store, you know, just for the heck of it. And not surprisingly, they did not have Beat on the Brat. And we did not think to ask if they had any copies of Buy Me a Condo. <laughs> I called this one store. And as I'm talking to this one employee, I was asking him about it. He's like, oh, yeah, we actually have a couple left. They're going to be going up on our website uh, in a couple hours. I heard an employee next to him uh, off the phone go, uh, actually, I'm going to buy them all, and then you guys can buy them from me on eBay. <laughs> <laughs> he was just joking, but it was really funny. <laughs> you can imagine the, you know, how many calls these guys have to take on Record Store Day. <laughs> all right, so once the records actually went on sale online, we were able to find a few places that had them in stock, but you needed to be really quick because they pretty much sold out almost immediately. Yeah, like one would pop up and Dave and I, we had our own laptops. We'd both go in. We'd both enter our payment information as soon as possible. And like one of us would get one and the other person <laughs> would say sold out. So it was like it was a lot of competition and they went really fast. And all these stores are limit one. So it was very difficult. <laughs> And when you say that one of us got one, that wasn't always the case. A lot of times, by the time we got our information in there, we both got messages that said they were sold out. <laughs> there was one place where I went in, I paid for it, and then not too long later, I got an email saying that my order was refunded. So some of the places, <laughs> like, they didn't even know how many they had. and It, it, was, a, it was a big cluster, but it was, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> it was exciting. And just so all of you don't think that we're hoarding them, going to sell them on eBay, we were trying to track down some for friends who said they were having trouble finding their own copies. Yeah. <laughs> and speaking of eBay, that is another site Dave and I were, were checking all day as we're waiting for some of these websites to put their stocks up. And for those of you who aren't familiar with eBay, it's essentially a worldwide garage sale. And I don't know who came up with that term, but it is a great way to describe it. And while we were trying to track down record stores that were selling it online and calling record stores, we were also watching eBay all day Saturday and all weekend to see what the going rate for them was. And I think, you know, once we crunched the numbers, we found out that $40 is the average rate for what they were selling for this past weekend. I saw someone get one for $15. I saw someone pay like $70 for one. So it was kind of across the board, but it eventually kind of settled out to about $40, which... I mean, if you ask me, Dave, it's still kind of a lot for for something that really was retailing between 10 and 15 dollars. 
Right. And the idea behind the whole record store day was not for people to buy them and put them up on eBay. It was to actually go in person or to go online to a small independent record store and support them by purchasing directly from them. Right. And to add them to your personal collection. So that's why a lot of record stores, even in person, had a you know limit to how many different titles you could get or you know how many of the same title you could get. So it, it kind of stinks when it goes online. But I, I do understand that, you know, some people make a career out of that. But we're hoping our listeners didn't fall into any traps and end up spending too much money. Yeah, interesting enough, one store that we were in touch with said that they were able to order more copies this week after selling them out on Saturday. So if you have not gotten one yet and you're still hunting one down and you do not want to pay eBay prices, it does not hurt to call your record store, your local record store, and see if they can order some more for you. And we also saw that John Caffiero, you know, he's the guy who runs Demented Punk Records and he's Osaka pop star's lead singer. So he knows his stuff. Um, He actually posted a comment on our post about the unboxing in the Dr. Demento Facebook group. And he said he is working on trying to get some of them up for sale on DementedPunk.com, maybe next month. So think twice before you pay scalper prices. There may be other ways for you to get one at the original retail price. And I know what you're thinking, that all this spreadsheeting and calling and constantly refreshing of websites, it sounds really long and tedious and a lot of work. But don't worry, dear listeners. We made our intern Frank do most of the work while Ethan and myself, we were relaxing in hammocks by the pool, sipping on our ice cold Coke Zeros. Ah, yeah. That was the day. Ah. And it was pouring with rain while we did that, but it was it was still <laughs> relaxing by the pool. <laughs> so after we had done our research and tracked down all, all these stores online and made all the phone calls, we still wanted that record store day experience of actually going to a record <laughs> store. So even though we knew that the particular record store that we chose did not have Beat on the Brat in stock, we decided to go anyway and just see if they had any other Weird Al <laughs> records or anything else that we'd be interested in so we picked a store in westwood and if you remember where weird al and bermuda used to work it was westwood one so we felt that there was kind of a you know cosmic reason that we needed to go to westwood uh a cosmic weird al reason This record store is not that far from where I'm located here in New Jersey, but I had never been there before, so I really didn't know what to expect. And it was like really strange when we walked into this record store because I don't know about you, Ethan, but every record store that I've ever been to, it always has some kind of music or something playing (laughs) in the background, right? And we walked in and it was dead silent and it was completely empty there was the guy behind the counter nobody else not a a single sound it was very weird especially for record store day to walk (laughs) into that type of a thing and when we walked in like i was just totally overwhelmed by the sheer volume of product that this record store had there were boxes on top of boxes on top of boxes it really it looked like an episode of hoarders there was just (laughs) way way too much stuff to go through vinyl and cds and cassettes and just just everything you could think about and they were just like rolled up posters that were like torn and crinkled and just stacked (laughs) all over the place and I walk in and I brought a reusable bag because I figured, you know, if I'm going to buy some final, I don't want to walk around holding it in my hand all day. And as soon as I walked in, the guy runs up and he takes my bag. He's like, bags are not allowed in this store. And I was like, okay. <laughs> He's like, teenage girls, they come in here and they steal stuff. And I was like, oh, I guess that's the first time someone said I looked like a teenage girl. <laughs> So we started looking around, you know, so we asked the guy and we confirmed he had no Weird Al, but we figured we would check a few kind of places where maybe Weird Al would slip through the cracks for, you know, this (laughs) hawk-eyed record store (laughs) owner. (laughs) I mean, yeah, we we were checking out their comedy section. We're checking out their soundtrack section. And the store wasn't as organized as you might imagine as 
let's say like one of those really big record stores, <laughs> there was just stuff all over the place. I found at least three or four different sections that just said Neil Diamond records. And they were <laughs> somewhere in the back of the store, somewhere in the middle of the store, somewhere in the front of the store. So I guess he just figured, let's just spread them out all over the place and make it as hard as possible for people to find what they were looking for. So Dave, you were looking at Neil Diamond, not because you're necessarily a big Neil Diamond fan or collector, but can you tell us what that reason was? Yeah, so not that I'm not a big Neil Diamond fan. I just really don't collect his stuff. But one of the reasons I was looking for Neil Diamond records is I wanted to try to find records and old output that past guests of the podcast have been on. So if you remember episode 92-inch and episode 93-inch, we talked to Richard Bennett. And Richard Bennett, of course, is John Bermuda Schwartz's brother, but he's also Neil Diamond's guitar player. And he's been on many, many, many Neil Diamond releases. He's been on many, many, many releases just in general. <laughs> like, I think I could have spent all day just trying to yeah. track down his releases. <laughs> but I wanted to try to, you know, just to see what they had as far as, you know, Richard Bennett stuff he'd been working on. And they had a few, uh, quite a few actual, you know, records that Richard Bennett's name was on there. So that was pretty cool. And I was just trying to find different past guests of the podcast just to see what they had and see if there's anything that I might want to pick up for my guests of the Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast collection. <laughs> I was looking through uh, a lot of the old CDs. I was trying to find like maybe a soundtrack that Al was on, like George of the Jungle or something like that. And I came across uh, the Buffy the Vampire Slayer TV soundtrack, which has the theme song, of course, by Nerf Herder, which is a band I love. And another one I found was the Robots animated movie soundtrack, <laughs> which has a They Might Be Giants song on it. So I was like, oh, oh these are kind of cool. And, you know, they weren't in great shape. They were used CDs, kind of, you know, crummy and a little scratched up. But I was like, hey, you know, these are kind of cool. And I figured, you know how much could I have to spend? Like a couple bucks. So, <laughs> so I go up front and I was like, Hey, how much are these? And he said, six ninety nine each. It's like, Oh, <laughs> got to pass. <laughs> Didn't want them that much. <laughs> so despite everything that we've mentioned, it wasn't even the weirdest part, Dave, the weirdest part came when we were both in the back, you know, like on the other end of the store and it was completely silent as we mentioned. Yeah. So like I mentioned, you, we walked into this music store, there was no music playing at all, you know? So we're like, okay, I guess there's just no music playing. So as we get to the back of the store near the comedy section, the soundtrack section, we start flipping through records and all of a sudden at full volume, about as loud as possibly could be, this guy starts playing this, coca-cola parody song called woca-cola and it's just totally random and it played and that was it that was all he played <laughs> it was full blast for like two minutes he i, I don't know what he was thinking like i could barely understand it because it was so loud and i thought like i knocked something over and hit a button or something <laughs> but it just like woca-cola blah, blah, blah. it's like this weird parody <laughs> it wasn't funny it was just bizarre and then it ended. He didn't say anything like, hey, guys, check this out. It was just like, Coca-Cola, blah, 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 blah. And then it just ended. And then it was just silent. <laughs> Again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was, a, it was a very interesting first record store day experience for us actually being in this store. Maybe had we picked a different record store, we might have had a different experience. But I think it was worth it for that you know, just to get the experience to go to a record store on record store day and for all the amazing stories that we're going to yes. have that came out of just that couple of minutes that we spent in that record store. Yeah. And so afterwards, we didn't end up getting anything. We ended up just kind of walking around Westwood. And Dave, as is tradition, if anyone's listened to our Strings Attached to our bonus centimeter episodes, we ended up getting ice cream and it was great. Yes, a Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast tradition. Anytime we go somewhere, we have to get ice cream. <laughs> Ethan, what kind of ice cream did you get? So I just went with the tried and true vanilla chocolate twist soft serve. And they had a big sign, cherries and sprinkles are free. So I got cherries and sprinkles. <laughs> <laughs> and I went for the chocolate chip cookie dough. And you made me get cherries and sprinkles because they were free. They were free. You had to get them. <laughs> <laughs> I had to get them. I had no choice. And our our intern, Frank, he actually ordered lemon ice cream, but 
you know, we only let him have like one bite and then we finished it off for him. Yeah, I mean, lemon's one of my favorite flavors. I, I had to have as much of it as possible. Yeah, absolutely. So then we went to this toy store. I think it was called Tons of Toys. It was right across the street from the record store. And they had some interesting stuff. I found a book that Weird Al is actually mentioned in very briefly. It's called Lord of the Fleas. It's one of those Dogman <laughs> Dave Pilkey yes, yes. <laughs> books, um, uh, which I already have for my collection. Uh, but Dave, you found something related to the podcast. Yeah, I mean, first thing I did is I started looking through their Funko Pops just to see if they had Weird Al in there. And unfortunately, they did not. But then right near the Funko Pops, there was actually a whole bunch of Transformers toys. And I was looking through there to see if I could find any Rekgar figures. And I did not find any Rekgar figures. But I did find a figure of a past guest of our podcast, RC from the Cybertronic Spree. So that was really exciting, <laughs> getting to see a past guest in Transformer toy form. It seems like we can't go anywhere without finding people who are influenced by our podcast in some way. <laughs> it's crazy, Dave. <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. So, you know, as we're heading out, you know, we wanted to actually make a stop at there was a beverage store that you wanted to go to that was in the area. And we were driving. And as we're driving, the GPS took us on to Linwood Avenue. Yes. How's that for a Weird Al connection? I couldn't believe it. We had just left Westwood. We went to Linwood. Like, it was completely Weird Al-centric. We stopped. We got a picture with one of the street signs. It was spelled wrong. It was L-I-N instead of L-Y-N. Well, I think what happened is that... Uh, since we're in the area of New York City, they're greatly influenced by Lin-Manuel Miranda, so they changed the name to his spell, Lin, as he spells Lin. In his honor. You're right, Dave. I, I didn't consider yeah. that. Well, so we get we get to the beverage store, and it's on a street called Rock Road. Just missing a <laughs> Y, just like Linwood. Yeah, it was a sort of a Weird Al reference. And remember, Rock Road, as in Dwayne the Rock Johnson... I think that's further evidence that supports our conspiracy theory, I might add. That's right. <laughs> so later on that night, we get home and I actually finally took my first sip and tried the Dare to be Stupid beer that Adrian had brought me. And we recorded a video all about my experience trying it. So if you head over to group.2000inch.com, you can check out that video and see what I thought. All right. So overall, Ethan, how was your record store day experience from the time we woke up way too early <laughs> to try to track down things to the evening when you were drinking your Dare to be Stupid beer? Did you have a good time? Did you have an overall good record store day? I had a rockin' record store day, Dave. <laughs> it was pretty stinking majestic. We got to have a lot of fun. We got to do all the nerdy, weird else collector stuff that we and only we love and we also were able to track down a couple copies for our friends who weren't able to go out so i all, all in all i think we did a great job with record store day yeah it was a lot of fun i definitely had a good time participating in my first ever record store day i'm hoping that the second time I get to do this, that it's not as hectic if there ever is another Weird Al release for Record Store Day. But, you know, at least I've learned a lot this time. And I also know which record store not to go to yes. if I want to try to find some Weird Al records. Now, I do want to just mention briefly that we noticed a listing for Beat on the Brat show up on Amazon. It says it's a maxi single, and we really don't know much more than that. So we're guessing it's maybe another version of this Record Store Day release, maybe coming out, but to the general public since it's on Amazon. We're not really sure. If you have any information, be sure to let us know. Give us a call, 347-SPATULA. We had a unique opportunity on Sunday to actually record something for a, another podcast. So I know we've talked about this on the podcast before briefly, but my wife Jackie and her best friend Heather, they do a podcast all about model horses, briar model horses, and other little plastic horses called Mares in Black. And they had asked us if we would do a cameo on their Mares in Black <laughs> podcast. Yes. So it was our big weekend for Record Store Day. But for model horse enthusiasts, it was their big briar convention. So they were doing these live 
podcast videos every night of the convention. And for the final one on Sunday, instead of them introducing their podcast, it was Dave and I. We introduced the podcast. We looked around all confused. And then we started yelling at Frank. And then we got out of there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was a lot of fun. You know, uh, afterwards... Jackie and Heather, they told us that a lot of their audience were really thought it was a great funny moment. And they were even starting to gang up on Frank as well. So if anything, that was worth it just to have other people gang up on Frank. Yeah, because we all know that Frank does a terrible job. (laughs) (laughs) So if you have not checked it out, we did post a video over on group.2000inch.com if you want to check out our funny cameo in the Mares in Black podcast. And if you enjoy plastic horses, you can go to maresinblack.com for all information how to subscribe to the Mares in Black podcast. So Dave, we mentioned this earlier, and I I think it's time we we really dive in a little bit more uh, about all of these items that you and I had kept for each other over the past 17 months. So I would love to hear from you, Dave. What were some of your favorite things? Oh yeah, it was like Christmas morning here when you showed up with just a box full of stuff for me. It was amazing. I had, like I had mentioned, we had not seen each other in close to 17 months. The last time we were together was for our UHF screening event with Jonah Ray back in early 2020. So we just had so much stuff to give to each other. And I had not actually seen many of the new podcast stickers that we had put together over the past year and past couple months. So I got my very first look at some really cool Weird Al podcast stickers, and they are absolutely amazing, pretty stinking majestic. I mean, they are <laughs> look incredible. They're even better than I pictured in person. Yeah, I think my favorite one of the new ones is our Discover Darwin sticker. <laughs> yeah, that Discover Darwin sticker is amazing. And we have a lot of really cool artwork that a lot of our listeners and friends have done. And I don't know that we've released all these out yet to the public, so I don't want to start talking about them. But let's just say Patreon supporters, you guys are in for a real treat once we send out our next sticker package. And if you want to get in and check out these amazing stickers, you definitely got to head over to patreon.com slash 2000inch and subscribe so you do get these incredible, amazing stickers. (laughs) They're really fun. And I was so happy because, Dave, you had a Tiny Tim poster for me. (laughs) I did. I did. I had a Tiny Tim poster somewhere. I didn't know where it was, and I didn't even know that I even had it, but I had... I remember I ordered a Tiny Tim poster for you, and I guess it got here, and I marked the shipping container, the poster container, Tiny Tim poster, and then I put it on a shelf, and I totally forgot about it. (laughs) It was sinking into your collection, but I saved it. (laughs) I saved my copy, at least. (laughs) So thank you for reminding me about that because I totally had forgotten about it, that I even had it, let alone that I had to give you a copy of it. Yeah, you. I mean, you also brought me this really cool, amazing custom Weird Al Lego figure, which was really cool. That was that was very nice of you. Thank you very much for that. You're welcome. And it's also um, got some really cool posters, some uh, great um, Smells Like Nirvana poster artwork you know, from the Seattle show back in August of 2019. That was really cool, really nice to get to that. You know, everyone knows Smells Like Nirvana, my favorite song, and that poster, one of my favorite VIP concert posters. So it was really cool to get some poster artwork of that. And, oh, you know what else we brought? So remember back May 2020, the one-year anniversary of our podcast, the Radio Radio X Entertainment newspaper kind of put out an article all about us. Well, I finally got to see that article in person, and it is so cool. It has all these great pictures in it. It's a several-page article. It's really cool. I finally got to see that in person. That was really cool. The only bad part, and I, I say this with you know, a very heavy heart, the only bad part about that article is that it starts on page 28 and not page 27. <laughs> <laughs> I know, page 27 is all ads. They couldn't just flip those, flip those two pages. Oh, well, maybe next oh, time, well. maybe next time. Now, I actually do still have a couple copies left of that Radio Radio X entertainment newspaper with us on the cover and the article about us. So if you're in our Patreon family and you need a copy, let me know. I'd be happy to send you one. 
while supplies last. Now, Ethan, you knew coming in how obsessive of a collector I am, how I like to track down every variation (laughs) of every single thing possible. And you know that I have a whole bunch of different t-shirts that to the average fan look exactly the same, but there might be something slightly different about it. Maybe it's slightly different artwork or in the event of like a tour shirt, it has a slightly different tour dates on the back. So I have entire several, you know, big plastic containers full of just weird owl shirts with all different variations in them. And I found out that I'm not only that obsessive, I'm even more obsessive than I thought about collecting (laughs) t-shirts. Well, yeah, I I think I may have the credit, unfortunately, of finding this discovery that sometimes when tour shirts are printed, they may, I don't know what the reason is, but they may run out of one brand and they might just substitute it in. But yes, I will report that some Weird Al shirts may have the exact same print. They may be the exact same color. They might have the exact same details on the back, but they are printed with a different t-shirt brand. It has a different tag. (laughs) Now, even I didn't think I would be the collector that wanted to track down every single version, every single tag, every single every single version, every single brand of t-shirt. But, you know, once you presented me the opportunity and I saw them and I had them in hand, I just knew I had to have each one. So we worked out a deal where I could have not only the exact same shirt that I already had in my collection, but the exact same shirt that I already had in my collection with a slightly different brand, slightly different tag. And it would be the difference between like Fruit of the Loom or Gildan. And that would be literally that little tiny tag on the collar was the only difference but you know dave when i see something and i just i know that you're gonna collect it and i was right (laughs) (laughs) so i'm gonna put this out there please 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 listeners tell me that i'm not the only person that does this please tell me that there's at least one other collector out there that would go to the obsessive level that i'm doing where i'm tracking down all the different brands of (laughs) t-shirts Weird Al has used to create his tour shirts. Please give me a call, 347-SPATULA, and put my mind at ease. Or give us a call, 347-SPATULA, and tell Dave how much of a nut he is. <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling I know which one of those two is going to get the most comments on it. Now, we, I mean, there, there's almost too many things to name, but a couple other fun thing. You had a nice Halloween vinyl soundtrack for me. You had some other cool stuff for me, some uh, old newspapers and, and old, you know, tabloid magazines and stuff oh, yeah. that, you know, have just been kind of gathering dust in your collection because you had more than one. And so I am now the happy and proud owner of <laughs> these really old obscure newspapers from the early 90s and I-, I just couldn't be happier dave thank you so much oh you're welcome and and yeah i was very happy that i finally got to go through my collection with somebody who appreciated it on the same level that i do and i was a- <laughs> really happy that i got to give a new home to many of these uh like you said old newspapers old magazines old you know tabloid type entertainment magazines that i've been holding on to for many years so i'm happy that to give them to you and i'm happy that they're in your collection and i'm happy to have some more space in my collection to collect other stuff now i will say i wasn't necessarily surprised that you had all of these because that just makes (laughs) sense i i know you dave i know your collection i know you have this kind of stuff what really surprised me is i would find like you know, in uh, a newspaper from March 1996, and you'd be like, oh, yeah, I remember. That's a great article about Al. Or, you know, I'd find something else. You'd be like, oh, yeah, I remember. It's just a great ad artwork for Al and this. And then someone would just be like, oh, yeah, Al's listed in the events on one page for five words or you know, stuff like that. So, you know, <laughs> Dave, I, I appreciate you saving these things. I appreciate you remembering all of the things. And I also appreciate you giving them to me because I love them too. (laughs) 
Yeah, and you're going to really appreciate that I did all the hard work of tracking down where Weird Al appears in those <laughs> things I gave you, so you don't have to do what I did. And I'm happy to help you out. Yeah, uh, for some reason, I have a really good memory when it comes to that. If I see Weird Al's name in print in something like that, I can usually remember if it was a something like a full-page article or if it was just a brief mention, and I can usually remember the really good articles as to which ones you know were well-written and things like that. So, I mean... Yeah, it, I, you know, it's just it just comes with the territory, you know. When you have so much, you just have to have uh, some way to remember which ones you want to go back and look at again, you know, more frequently than the others. Dave, did you know that today's episode is brought to you in part by Joe and Yvonne from Waiting for Lunch Radio? Waiting for Lunch Radio is a freeform radio show inspired by mixtapes and zines, playing a wide range of crazy music and hot, fresh, demented ear food. Waiting for Lunch Radio is not available where you get your podcasts because it's on Mixcloud. But don't worry, you can find it at waitingforlunch.com. Tommy grumbling for some delicious programming? WaitingForLunch.com will cure your pangs. Just follow the aroma of freshly baked and curated audio bites with a side of musical adventures and mashed potatoes. Mmm, potatoes. Your hosts, Joe and Yvonne, love potatoes. Leave a request, demand, or your best hangry impression at 313-883-9275. Order ahead at WaitingForLunch.com, a radio zine that's a treat and something for your brain to eat. A few weeks back, our old friend and dear Patreon supporter Mike Minnick shared a picture of a coffee mug that he made with our logo on it. At my request, Mike made a custom mug just for me. It is pretty sick and majestic. I just got it the other day. It is a white mug with a red logo. And boy, let me tell you, does it really pop? It is pretty stinking majestic. All right, so on the other side of the logo, he actually put a caricature of me that's a slightly modified version of the original Hanna-Barbera-esque artwork that our amazing Canadian listener Chris Sear designed for us. I'm going to post a picture over in our group, group.2000inch.com, of this amazing mug. Yeah, Dave, I noticed something just looked different about that caricature. What was up with that? Oh, well, Mike, he actually removed my glasses. You know, Mike told me that it took him an hour to remove the glasses, so I really appreciate his dedication. Now that you mention it, I did notice you weren't wearing glasses this weekend, Dave. Did you lose them? Why weren't you wearing them? Come on, Dave, spill the goods! All right, all right. So it hasn't really been a secret, but I haven't shared this on the podcast yet. So at the end of June, I actually got LASIK surgery. So I no longer need glasses. And all of our artwork that has me with glasses is now totally outdated. Oh, right after we got the new <laughs> stickers printed, Dave. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. It's okay. You know how Al still keeps his old classic look on all his like pre-1999 items? Well, we'll keep my classic look on all of our early stickers and promo <laughs> items as well but you know people you might want to get them quickly you might want to hoard them because they will become collector's items eventually well do you think when people dress up like you for halloween they're still going to put the glasses on you know only time will tell i don't know i mean you know it is an iconic look you know just like weird Al's glasses <laughs> and mustaches you know i still do have the beard though so okay. i think that's the important part of any dave elvis rossi halloween costume <laughs> as long as you've got the beard and the long hair i think you know people will figure it out well, Dave, you know, anytime I hear about LASIK surgery, the first thing I think about is when Weird Al himself got LASIK surgery. Are you just trying to be like Weird Al? Yeah, yeah, of course, you know, um, it was, you know, definitely, I wouldn't say Weird Al inspired me to get LASIK surgery, but certainly him going through that process over 20 years ago, you know, where he famously got LASIK surgery, I think that, you know, that made me feel a little bit more at ease, you know, seeing that other people that I admire had gotten LASIK surgery and enjoyed it as much as Al has over the years. And you know what? It only took me like 20 years to figure out that if Al could do it, then I could do it too. Well, Dave, I can't wait for you to win a Grammy in 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me about the procedure. What do they do? Pulk your eyes out? <laughs> no, no, it's not. It's not nothing like that at all. So I just want to let people know that, you know, I've been thinking about this for a while. And the place that I actually went to 
is you know one of the leading places for LASIK surgery. The ophthalmologist that actually founded the place, he was responsible for bringing LASIK surgery to the United States. And the doctor that performed my LASIK surgery, he was actually the first person to perform LASIK surgery in this you know New York area. And he was heavily involved in the creation of the bladeless laser surgery, which is what I actually got. Wow, when I think of my eyeballs, I like to think bladeless too. So that's that's a that's a good creation on his part. So I mean, how long does it take? You know, can you see? You know, are your eyeballs have to heal? Tell me all about it, Dave. Yeah. So I don't know what it was like twenty or over twenty years ago now when Weird Al got his surgery, but I know what my experience was like. And you know what? You know, people are like always freaking out. Oh, I can't do it. I can't do it. But. I'll tell you, it was so incredibly quick and totally, totally painless. I know you're thinking, they're shining lasers in my eyes. How could that be painless? <laughs> I did not feel a single thing. And it was so quick. It was Honestly, the whole procedure probably took, it took under 10 minutes to do both eyes. It may be closer to seven or eight minutes. It was, it was amazing. Wow. So yeah, it, it was a, it was a very quick, extremely painless procedure and the amazing part is that now I can see absolutely perfect and even like immediately after the surgery I could see great like I just like would look at yeah I remember on the ride home I you know I needed somebody to drive me home and my father was driving me and I was just looking all over the place I can see street signs I can see everything (laughs) it was so cool it was like that first time if anyone ever wears glasses that very first time that you put glasses on and everything is so crisp and clear that's exactly what it was it was really cool I'm so happy that I got it well Dave I think this really does boil down to a Weird Al related thing because it was partially due to Weird Al, you know, doing that on live TV 20 years ago, bringing it to the mainstream, letting people know that it's a safe and scientifically proven thing. And I think that's awesome. So thanks to Weird Al. Thanks to your doctor for getting rid of the blades when it comes to the LASIK <laughs> surgery. And uh, I think it's so cool that you can finally see without the aid of glasses at long distance. Thank you very much, Ethan. Well, I guess the question that everyone is is thinking at home, Dave, you need to answer this for us. How are you going to pull off your Amish Paradise cosplay? Oh, good question. Good question. Of course, you know, my Amish Paradise cosplay, I wear the official Amish Paradise glasses from the Amish Paradise music video, which I won at auction a while back at Alcon. And I think I'm still going to wear them. But I'm just not going to be able to see while I'm performing. So if I trip over your feet or something, then, then well, you can blame that on the glasses. Yes. <laughs> and Dave, what if people just think it's weird seeing you without glasses? Like, you know, Drew Carey got LASIK surgery, but then he still wears glasses just because it makes people more comfortable. What are your thoughts on that? I think I'm along the same line as uh, Weird Al on that one in that, you know, he, he initially thought he might need to wear some kind of fake glasses the same way Drew Carey does. But then once he put out the Running With Scissors album, you know, it just, everybody, you know, just seemed to accept it. And I just think that over time, you know, maybe the first time you see me, you might think I look a little weird without the glasses, but I just think that over time, you're just going to get used to it. Well, luckily, Dave, I have always thought you looked weird with or without glasses. So (laughs) (laughs) no problem here. (laughs) Well, you know, the the LASIK surgery can only fix so much. Oh boy, it sounds like we have a message on our official podcast hotline, 347 Spatula. All right, Frank, let her rip. You know, when you wear your Dave and Ethan 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast t-shirt, things change in your life. I mean, they really change. The other day, I was going to the local grocery store. I had on my Dave and Ethan 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast t-shirt and fanny pack. And the guy at the door handed me a 10% off coupon for my next frozen pizza. I was like, wait a minute. This doesn't happen every day. I know it's because of what I'm wearing. I mean, you too. You can change your life. Just get yourself a Dave and Ethan 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast t-shirt, fanny pack, socks, pillow. Doesn't matter what it is. Your life will change forever. Wow, thank you so much, Kenneth. What amazingly sound advice more people should wear dave and ethan's 2000 inch weird Al podcast official merchandise from shop.2000inch.com yeah and i want to know where you shop where you're getting a coupon for a pizza that's pretty cool 
I'm surprised she didn't even mention how, you know, maybe wearing his shirt helped him win that raffle for last month for Patreon. Yeah, I think that message actually came in a few months ago. Frank! Speaking of a few months ago. If you remember back to episode 94 Inch, where we talked to the Grammy-nominated sound historian Ryan Barna, who was the first to record Weird Al and his band on Edison Phonograph Wax Cylinder, well... Ryan actually, a few weeks back, sent us our very own wax cylinders for our collections. No, 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 it's not the one with the Weird Al recording on it, but it's still pretty stinking majestic. I couldn't believe it was smaller than I thought, and it was even cooler than I thought, Dave. Yeah, I remember the first thing that I noticed when I actually opened up the actual case I was in, how much it just... Smelled like a candle. I didn't even think about it. It's wax. But <laughs> right. yeah, it's, I was like, I opened up like, oh, it's a candle. It smells like wax. It smells like wax. If anyone's wondering what a wax cylinder smells like, it smells <laughs> like wax. So can you believe it? Yeah, so the process, I mean, Ryan walked us through this back on episode 94 inch, but really briefly what you do is you heat up the wax and then you kind of play what you want to play into a speaker and then that speaker etches into the actual wax and then you can play back that etching on an Edison phonograph wax cylinder player. Now, unfortunately, Dave and I, we don't own, you know, Edison phonograph players. And I I don't even know where to get one, Dave. So (laughs) luckily, Ryan did us the favor of actually playing them back and recording that. So he took stuff we sent him, recorded it, onto a wax cylinder then he played the wax cylinder and he recorded what that sounded like so it's just a very inconvenient way to process audio files <laughs> but luckily he did it for us and we're so excited to play it for you guys so the first track that we had ryan record for us was the dave and ethan's 2000 inch weird Al podcast theme song recorded by the grammy award-winning jim chemo west so let's listen to it Wow. Well, it's kind of hard to hear, but... I mean, we just explained the process. Would you expect it to be easy to hear? I mean, come on. These are 100-year-old wax cylinders that he actually burned our podcast theme onto. I don't care if I can't hear it. It's amazing. It is absolutely amazing. It is totally awesome. It is pretty stinking majestic. It is incredible. Well, he told us there was a little bit more space on the wax cylinder than just the length of our theme song. So we said, hey, you should put on our David Ethan's 2,000-inch spatula city parody that we recorded last summer so let's check that out as a wax cylinder recording extremely honored to have our first ever official physical release of podcast audio be on Edison Wax Cylinder. I cannot think of anything better to have our first official physical release <laughs> on. 
So I will say he made a wax cylinder for each of us. So this is a limited edition of two, which makes it even more rare than Weird Al's placebo EP or the coveted record store day beat on the Brat three inch vinyl single. So sorry, collectors, Dave and I, we've got them all. Those are items that are going to be in our collection. And I don't think they're ever leaving our collection. Those are pretty stinking majestic. From all of us here at Dave and Ethan's 2000 Inch Weird Al podcast, thank you, Ryan Barna for getting our songs on Edison Wax Cylinder. You can check out Ryan's website over at phonostalgia.com. That's P-H-O-N-O-S-T-A-L-G-I-A.com. This week's episode is brought to you in part by Discover Darwin, promoting tourism in Darwin, Minnesota. Not only is historic Darwin, Minnesota uh, beautiful, it's also any. How can you visit Darwin, Minnesota without spending a night at the Twine Ball Inn? I've heard the towels are oh so fluffy. You can even eat your soup right out of the ashtrays if you want to. But you wouldn't want to. Yeah, I mean, I don't want ash and butts in my soup. Speak for yourself, Dave. Now, one important thing to know about the Twine Ball Inn is that it's actually not a hotel, but it's the name of the gift shop right next to the Twine Ball. I've heard the miniature balls of twine are oh so fluffy. You can even stick their bumper stickers on your grandma if you wanna. It's okay, she's clean. So visit Darwin, Minnesota on your next expedition. Discover Darwin, more than just the twine ball. And after you visit Darwin, Minnesota, be sure to visit discoverdarwin.biz. Well, Ethan, it has been so much fun reliving this past weekend again with you. I had so much fun this weekend. I think we should certainly do this again sometime soon. Yeah, how about, uh, let me check my calendar... Oh, I'm free in about um, hmm, 17 months. Does that work for you? Yeah, that'll put us right on a good schedule. Let's do it. Each week, we're able to bring you our podcast absolutely free. Thanks to our sponsors, Burrito Burrito, Discover Darwin, Jackson Scoggins, David Granite, WolfandWool.com, and Joe and Yvonne from Waiting for Lunch Radio. And thanks to our amazing close personal friend, Patreon supporters, Allison Blair, Frank from the Bank, Kenneth, Jared, Jake, Javier, UH Jeff, and Zeb. And thanks to Vincent and everyone else in our pretty stinking majestic Patreon family. If you enjoy our family-friendly weekly Weird Al podcast, please consider supporting us at patreon.com slash 2000inch or by picking up some pretty stinking majestic official Dave and Ethan's 2000inch Weird Al podcast merchandise. You may even, too, receive a 10% off pizza coupon if you go into your favorite grocery store wearing your favorite products that you purchased over at shop.2000inch.com. Remember, right now, Patreon supporters can check out the first two episodes of the Black and White and Weird All Over bonus episode series, our special book series where we sit down with author John Bermuda Schwartz and we go page by page, picture by picture, centimeter by centimeter through his book, Black and White and Weird All Over. Patreon supporters get to hear all bonus episodes early. Everyone else, stay tuned. Frank said he would post them outside of Patreon once he finishes getting LASIK surgery. We love hearing from our listeners and other Weird Al fans. Join our Facebook community and post about Weird Al by visiting group.2000inch.com. And we also love it when we receive voicemail via our official 27-hour-a-day podcast hotline, 347-SPATULA. You might even hear your message on the show. For everything about our podcast, including incredible past episodes and guests, be sure to visit WeirdOutPodcast.com or 2000inch.com and keep up on new episodes, podcast news, and events by following at 2000inch on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And thank you for subscribing and leaving reviews on Apple Podcasts, Podcast Attic, Spotify, Stitcher, or the podcast app of your choice. We want to give a big thank you to John Caffiero, Dr. Demento, Demented Punk Records, Ryan Barna, Jason Alchill, Mike Minnick, Kenneth Quinnup, Adrian Vasquez, Jackie and Heather from the Mares in Black Model Horse Podcast, that weird grumpy guy at the record store, that guy who lasered Dave's eyes, and thank you to Grammy Award winning Jim Kima West for our incredible theme song, and thank you to... Weird Al Yankovic, as this podcast probably would not exist without him. And a big thanks to all of you, our listeners, subscribers, Patreon supporters and sponsors, and everyone else who makes our podcast possible. Thank you for listening to Dave and Ethan's 2000 Inch Weird Al Podcast. And always remember to gill and chill. Okay, Dave, I know you want to be positive about it on the air and stuff, but be honest. Has your LASIK surgery had any side effects? Well, there is one, only one. 
Oh, really? Well, what's that? Well, my jokes are now cornier than ever. <laughs> David Ethan's 2000 inch Weird Al podcast, episode 116 inch. Beat on the brat with a baseball bat. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh huh. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh huh. Hello, this is Dave from Dave and Ethan's 2000 Is Weird Al podcast speaking. We are sold out of Foo Fighters. How may I help you? Yeah, um, I'm just wondering if you guys happen to carry any of the Weird Al Beats on the Barat 3-inch vinyl releases exclusive to Record Store Day since you are a vinyl record store that is of the indie persuasion. Wait a minute. I'll go check. No, we're all out of Beat on the Brat 3-inch vinyl singles. Well, in that case, in that case, what do you have?